That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SD Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDpodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. Welcome to episode 164 of the SND Podcast Show. Steven is here. Vin is here. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm uh, enjoying the holiday season and uh, getting ready for some... Uh, Exciting football. So, before we move forward into the sports, we have a uh, special birthday announcement for uh, the drummer of the music we usually play. Not today, because we're using holiday songs. But today is the drummer of Division 1.1, 50th birthday. So, just want to wish our good friend, friend of the podcast, uh, Brian Brennan, a very happy 50th birthday brian happy birthday so with that being said we got a big show today we did miss last week due to technical difficulties um actually we basically skipped it because we didn't want to do it last week is that the best way to put it you know basically like uh we were christian busy. mccaffrey and uh yeah. we, we all pulled, these other guys we pulled the fournette mccaffrey and and, and, and the, connor cook and uh, not connor cook the uh whoever the michigan state starting quarterback is apparently not playing in his bowl either because he doesn't want to ruin his uh, stock in the NFL draft this year. So, with that being said, we're going to go into the leadoff. Leading off. Alright, this week's leadoff is one of the bigger topics that's been going around sports this week. And that is uh, Christian McCaffrey of Stanford and Leonard Fournette of LSU are sitting out their bowl games. They both want to prepare for the, start preparing for the NFL draft. They're both uh, projected first-round picks. Um, this, the worry of most people and uh, and the, the reason it's getting talked about is it seems like something that could start happening more often. You know, often coaches leave, go to a new team um, before their bowl game or 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 during, even during the season sometimes. But it hasn't happened with players yet. This is the first time we're really seeing it. Um, Jalen Smith of Notre Dame last year. Uh, was it towards him's ACL? ACL, MCL, and his whole knee basically, basically blew up his knee in a in the Rose Bowl, and 
he even said to, uh, today, he tweeted that he would do, do it all over again. It is a different scenario that was the Rose Bowl that wasn't uh, the Sun Bowl or whatever other bowl the Stanford is playing in. I personally have no problem with this. Uh, the players make these schools a lot of money, and it's their decision. If they don't want to play in their last game and, and they want to start preparing for the draft and not want to get hurt, I mean, that's fine with me. Both guys have not had great seasons. Um, there's a lot of potential in them, but they both could up their draft stock by playing. It, they're hurting themselves by not playing. That's my opinion. Steven? Um, <clears throat> I don't think it really is going to affect Christian McCaffrey because I think he's got that natural ability to just, you know, he's basically a, a West Welker. I think he's going to be basically in this league. Someone's going to see him as more of a, run, a wide out, a slot wide out. Uh, late first round, possibly. Even Oakland. I'm circling on my list of teams that need a guy like him. He could also be a great running back. He gives you that threat of being a, you know, Percy Harvin. Ty Montgomery. Uh, Percy Harvin. Mm-hmm. When he first came into the league. Ty Montgomery is the best source now. Uh, Lanford at... You've had a lot of issues with Leonard Fournette over the past season. He's just, he just, he always seems to have an ankle injury or an hamstring injury in big games. Bama, you know, he makes up excuses. Oh, I was hurt all week. I didn't practice. Last two years, he's gotten really blown up by Bama. He hasn't done anything. Bama, um, he had a couple touchdowns against Arkansas, but they were short touchdowns. They didn't really need him. Uh, He only played versus Florida because he got into an argument with one of the Florida coaches. Like, play a game. Play every game. Play your games, play your games, play your games. That's how you raise your stock. If you get hurt, if you're that good, it won't hurt your stock. Look at, um, who was the guy who went to Miami towards ACL in the championship game? Who the Bills drafted? Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee. Torres ACL in the national championship game was drafted in the first round. I had a very good NFL career. And ended up having a very good NFL career. Yeah. And you know what? I think Jalen Smith, when he gets healthy, he's going to come back next season. And he's going to be good enough. He's yeah. going to be good. So... Player game, it's your last chance. You know, I hate Exilio Elliott. You know that, but he said it the best. I would, I mean, he left college early, but you know what? When he looks back on it now, he's saying, "Yeah, I'm doing great, but I would die to, I would love to play another, another year." You know, he would play another game with with Ohio State. That's just my opinion on it. I think they should be playing. I, I have no problem. I think they should be playing, but I have no. It's their choice to me. They do what they want to do. They're hurt, only hurting themselves. To me, it, it looks bad on them if they don't, if, by not buying. To that's me, I, th- that's, you're definitely right about that. It's going to be a question in their co- in their interviews at the combine. They're going to somebody's a coach is going to ask them, "Why didn't you play in this game?" And they better have a good answer for it. Right. Because if it's I didn't want to get hurt, sorry, I don't want you. Okay, so when you're telling me the Ravens draft you and you're going to play the Steelers, you're not going to play because it's going to be a tough game. Or you you get drafted by the NFC East. You don't play. You're going to play six games a year because you're not. You don't want to face. Yeah. No matter that. what division you're in, as you get drafted into like the mm-hmm. NFC or or AFC South, you're playing cold games in De- in December. It doesn't matter. You're gonna to have to if you're in the AFC West. You're gonna to have to go to Denver at some point. NFC West. You're gonna to have to go to Seattle. You're gonna to have to go to these cold weather cities, no matter where you play in the NFL, and play a tough game. Now, I understand that you're getting paid, and they maybe it's a difference. I don't know. That mentality is something I would be worried about on my team. Yeah, 
that that's I agree with you. I'm I'm worried about and also when it comes to Fournette, you know, he's sitting out these games his last year before he's eligible for pros, who's to say he's not gonna be like Darrell Rivas, you know? Every time he's got a contract coming up, he's gonna sit around and try and negotiate more money and he's not gonna play as hard because it's a contract year. He does he has drafted by let's say let's say the Niners draft him in the first round. Let's just let's just use them as an example. He's like, Oh, this is a crappy team. I don't wanna go there. What's the point? What am I gonna do there? Plays the three years lackluster three years then he's going to be a free agent. No one's going to sign him. He's not going to get signed. It's, no one's going to want him. It, like I said, to me, it's their choice. They want to do it. I think they're only hurting themselves. So, with that being said, it is the holiday season. So, we are playing Christmas and Hanukkah songs. We played the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. And now we're going to play a little Bruce Springsteen for all of you. Before well, we take a break. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not try. You better not pop, I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town It is the holiday season and the Giants are about to give, hopefully give, all their fans a great holiday gift before the holidays, and that's a playoff berth. With one more win, the Giants will be in the playoffs, and they'll be able to move forward. And not have yeah. to worry about New Year's Day. Tomorrow night, uh, if you're listening to it, this is probably t- it's tonight. Um, they play Philly, correct? Yep, in Philly, in the most beautiful jerseys ever, ever. In there, um, I, I've always liked the Giants helmet that says Giants better than the NY logo. But, uh, yeah, they're taking on Philly. They win. They're in the playoffs. Pretty simple. Um, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't make the playoffs. They're probably going to... Even if they lose to Philly, I assume they'll beat Washington, win one of their last two games, and uh, probably be the five seed, most likely. So, uh, first time they'll be in the playoffs since 2011, right? It's the last Super Bowl, run. Since the last Super Bowl, so... McAdoo, first year as head coach, making the playoffs. It's a good start for him. Um, it's an interesting scenario that a, a team with a quarterback with the uh, pedigree of Eli Manning, and he's the one holding them back a little. I'm not going to say he eh. he's, has played the worst of all the facets of the team. He's the one who's looked the least uh, on top of his game. Defense has been great. Odell's been phenomenal. The receivers, the rest of the receivers have been good. The offensive line has been, uh, you know, off. And Eli hasn't looked great. Odell kind of saved him with the one-handed catch on the touchdown this week. the uh, On the second touchdown. And, uh, but we know Eli usually pulls it out, you know, plays his best in big games. He's good at ending games, and, uh, you know, he won't be the reason they lose playoff games. Right, and you know what? It's scary to think, though, with the defense the Giants have, that if three things click, if three plays can click throughout a game in the offense, they could win a game. Well, they have to do, like you said, they basically have to have three scoring drives. 
the way this defense is playing, seventeen to, points should be fine. You're winning every game if you if, you, if defense you put up keeps seventeen on. points. But here's the thing. Let's say the defense gives up seventeen points. Can the offense move the ball enough to get that extra scoring drive? Which is the which is what's been lacking them all season. Right. I mean, even against the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> I, the one thing they have going for them is obviously Beckham. He's multiple times. Um, the the one that really stuck out to me at least this season was a Raven game, because but he's done it multiple times. That's a five yard slant, and he just takes it to the house. That's just purely being better than the rest of the of the players in the defense. That's not a scheme thing. That's not an Eli throw. He's just more physically talented than the rest of the players on the team. Hundred percent. He just you know what it reminds so they me of that X when Akeem Nix was healthy. That was the play they ran. What what beat Atlanta in that NFC Wild Card game? Akeem Nix ran a slant route, caught the ball right on that NFL logo in the middle of MetLife Stadium, ran for a touchdown, ran past everybody, ran for a touchdown. That's sometimes that's what you need. It's all it takes is that one play yeah. that can make a difference. And when they line up Beckham and Shepard on the same side, it helps too because you could send Beckham on that slant route underneath while you have a up and out for Shepard. Well, yeah, in the end or, zone, he was, for Shepard, was, was that the last Shepard had the first touchdown. He was wide open. Right. Basically was, wide open. It was a great round combination, yeah. And he's making the play. Yeah. That's the most important part. Shepard's making the catch. They that ran that against the Steelers too and the touchdown didn't matter. Right. They ran the same thing. At the end of the game. And they ran it in the fourth down play against the Bengals. Shepard yeah. ran down the middle. Yeah. Remember? They were both on the same side. Beckham ran the flag route. Shepard ran the slant. He scored the touchdown. Shepard hasn't been, uh, you know, phenomenal. He's not a rookie of the year candidate. He's been good enough, though. He's, I mean, he, he's you have to job. worry about him. Right. He's th- you, you notice him on the field. Correct. And that's what's important. Um, should be in. I want to play Detroit. I'm okay with going to Green Bay in two weeks. Because I just love going to Green Bay in January. It's just my favorite thing to do every year. And it's part of the path. I'm sorry, but it's part of the path. It's okay. It's part of the path. It's part of the path. You know, it could be scary, though, is if Dallas ends up the one and you end up the two. <laughs> Deja vu all over again, isn't it? It's like, and we go to Tampa? <laughs> oh, God. Might as well just bring back Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Where's might, Corey Webster? Let might, Romo might start a, the might game. Might as well go fit. Everybody for the ring. Get, get <laughs> Favre and Driver out here. I mean, listen, being at that giant cowboy game scared me to be a cowboy fan. Now I asked cowboy fans. I went to legitimate cowboy fans. We're gonna have one on in two weeks, and I said, straight up, Monday after, what's your opinion on the game? And most of them said, I'm not jumping ship on my boys. They're my guys. We're going through this with Dax and Elliot. But it scared me. Dax wasn't making the big play. Dax didn't make a big play. Dax, there was a couple of plays, a couple of picks Dax threw that he just chucked up in the air into double coverage. Here's the thing. Elliot, they, they far from contained Elliot. No, Elliot got his yards. He got his 100 <laughs> yards. Yeah. The guy had 85 yards in, in the, the first, first half. half. Yeah. Something happened in the second half where we shut him down. I don't, yeah, I don't know what happened in the second half. But in the first game, he didn't have a good game. He only had like sixty uh, yeah. to seventy yards in a touchdown. First NFL game, right? But also, still, you know, 
I'll, I'll give him 100 yards with no touchdowns. The I've, I heard a lot of people saying it's time to go to Romo. And it was a lot of people were saying it like they were crazy not to go to Romo at that time. Dax is a rookie quarterback. Those two, two games that he played back-to-back that he didn't look like the stud he had been looking like are the two two top five scoring defenses in the NFL, in the Vikings and the Giants. Right. They let up least less points than almost everybody in the league. So there's no formula to stopping them. The formula is the last drive, all they had to do was rush three, and Vernon was spitting Tyron Smith around. And here's the thing also. When it came down to the Tampa game, if they're at home, and they were not. If their offense was playing like it did the past two weeks, Jerry, there's no way Jerry Jones doesn't go into the locker room at halftime, hearing the Romo chance to say you're putting Romo in. I, and the problem with that is, the second that's done, that's it. Romo's your quarterback. You're going. You can't. You can't put Romo in for a half, and then the following week come back to Dax. See, that's what I. I said this to you multiple times when they made the move. That once you make the move to Dak, you can't go back. That this is it. If you go back, that kid's confidence is shot. That that's their problem. Exactly. They that's why I would have went back to Romo at first. You're not supposed to lose your job to injury, all that kind of nonsense. I would have went back to Romo. I still believe that at this point in their careers, Tony Romo was the better quarter the best quarterback on the Dallas Cowboys. And he's probably got another two years left in him. If he could stay on the field. And it won't be in Dallas. It won't be in Dallas. It'll be in Denver or Houston, maybe. I don't know. They're benching Osweiler. But it'll be somewhere else. Why would you go to Houston? Why would Houston bring him in when you know it's going to be bring his contract on? Because the Cowboys are going to wait it out. They're not going to cut him right away. They, they're going to wait it out. They're going to they're gonna wait to see what, it, what they can get. Because come draft day. It, it's going to become an interesting scenario. Right, because it's going to be one of those, it's it's like Colin Kaepernick. It's just going to get to a point where you may have to just keep him just because you're not getting what you want out of it. But think about it. If Houston trades for him, that's $17 million for him. That's $20 million for Romo. You're paying $37 million to quarterbacks? Here's the problem. And somebody mentioned this. I think I saw it on ESPN. The there's a possibility and the, you know you know Jerry has a great relationship with Tony the best move that they could do for Tony is to cut him at the end of the season because if they cut him the team he goes to doesn't have to pick up his cap room and the team he goes to doesn't have to give up any picks now if they're smart and they're you know they put their personal business beside them the Eagles got a first and a fourth for Sam Bradford. That's where I'm starting my Romo conversations. Well, yeah. That's that's the first step. That's step one. So you're getting a first-round pick if you trade him. That's the only That's the only I'm asked. I'm... So now you got to look for a team that's late in the first round. Because nobody in the top five is going to call you and say... That's why I said Arizona. They're going to be in the middle. They'll probably be pick 10, 12-ish. You know which point? pick becomes interesting. We're talking about this a little bit off the air. Sheldon Richardson needs to be moved. I said this to Jeff fans months ago. Right? Think about this. Richardson for Romo. Richardson and the one for Romo. That 
I would do Richardson and it'd be a two for Romo. I think a one's a little much. But you but know, either the, I, either way, the basis is Richardson for Romo. Think about it, we had the conversation with our friend Evan today. Right. The only way the Jets, if they're so high on this UNC guy, is they got to leapfrog three other teams in the top five, in the top four. Yeah. The only team that may not pick a quarterback may be Jacksonville. The only team, arguably. In that top four that doesn't necessarily need to draft a quarterback yet. Right. Who could still wait another year right, maybe. Right, 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 And see what Bortles could really do because think about it, last year Bortles was good. He was. You had, you had Bortles last yes. year. Yes. Bears need a quarterback. Niners need a quarterback. Browns need a quarterback. Now here's the tricky thing with the Browns. They have two picks inside the top ten. They get, an, they get the Eagles pick in the first round. How did they get the Wentz. Eagles pick? Oh, right, 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 right. So they're getting a top... They're As of right now, they're getting two top seven picks. Right. They're in love with this defensive end out of South Carolina. Absolutely in love. And they think they're going to build their defense around him. So, they, so he's going number one. Or they could trade back. Or you could trade back. The only way you, you can't... The only thing you can do is trade back. Which would mean... Which could mean Sheldon... The five for that one. Or the one and a bunch of other picks. How many... The Jets already traded a, a whole draft pick, a whole draft away for Mark Sanchez once. Are they willing to do it again? In my opinion, if you think that guy... Now, I, if the Jets think this guy is the guy, then I'm leery on him in general. Because the Jets' history of drafting quarterbacks has not been great. But... If you think this guy is the guy and he's going to be your franchise quarterback, I would trade whatever it takes. Because I've seen it. I witnessed it with my own two eyes. A, co- a good quarterback, a stud quarterback, can cover a lot of deficiencies on the team. He'll get you to the playoffs pre- pretty much every year, regardless of what he has, what talent he has around him or, or what the defense is looking like. Now, is he that guy the guy? There's a big risk in that. If I'm the Jets, I have to be a thousand percent if I'm making that move. Because if not, now I look at the idiots who drafted a quarterback in the top two rounds three years in a row. And top three rounds. Top top three rounds. I'm sorry. Petty. Petty won the Top round. three rounds four years in a row. Geno, Petty, Hackenberg, now this kid. And they all are terrible. None of them are NFL quarterbacks. So, the, with that being said... Jets have a big decision to make. Listen, if the Jets wanted to, they could have had this kid easily. Lose to the Bra- you were losing to the Browns. You were losing to the Niners. You fought back and won both those games. Has Petty shown enough to give himself a year? No. No? No. I don't think so either. I think Petty shows enough to at least bring him to camp to let him compete. Yeah. Let him. He hasn't been terrible. Let him compete. If you're going to trade up and get this kid... Don't hand him the keys. No. Let him compete with Petty. If you see, you know, it could be like a golf situation, you know, you kind of, you, you decide you want to let him earn it a little bit. Right. Okay. Let him earn it a little bit. Let him, let him sit on the bench for a little bit. Let him learn a little bit. Problem is, Petty's never been there. Who's, right? Even if you bring Juno back, he's, what has he done? He's been on the bench his whole career. Haddenberg's just been wearing a jumpsuit every week. Gino, Gino's got a rough, um, had a, has had a rough draw in his life so far. 
every time it looks like he's going to get a chance and it looks like he could turn it around, he gets hurt. Or somebody else replaces him. And I, I kind of feel bad for him. I don't think he has the talent to be a starting quarterback. But I, I think there's something there. I, John Gruden said it the best couple of weeks ago. If you stay at five, and let's say you pick uh, Fournette, let's just say Fournette, what w- what's the worst that can happen if you bring Gino in back next year w- for no money, but basically pay him next to nothing, just to bring just to have an extra body in camp? There is nothing that can go wrong. If if he earns it, he earns it. You know the system. It's is it going to be the same system? Oh, well, that's another question. I, I, I this goes back to a conversation we've had multiple times, and the word is consistency. There's no consistency. you got to keep... you got to keep... Bowles has earned another year. Surprisingly, Donald Trump might be saving the Jets by he offering Woody Johnson some ambassador position, and he won't be able to meddle as much, and they can just let the football people do their football jobs. So you mean like the Cowboys have... Like most Cowboy fans want him to do with Jerry Jones. You know what? <laughs> I gotta give Jerry credit because he either has gotten smarter. I don't like the way that he talks. Because to me, you're taking the power some power away from your head coach. There's always somebody over his head that is in the public. But they've built a pretty good team based off of Jerry and the front office that he's put together, his son making moves, drafting this offensive line and locking them all up for, I mean, they're, they're at least another three years they're going to have this offensive line. So that's great players with chemistry. It's only going to get better. This running back, you know, they, I mean, Dak, they kind of probably got lucky. I mean, you can't say, nobody saw that coming. But they built a solid team with this, with, with this current front office. So I got to give Jerry some credit. Right, and it kind of seems like he's kind of taking out the who to pick, who to draft, who to do this. He's kind of taking that out of his own hands. Well, yeah, because he wanted Manziel. And right. his son, his son vehemently said, no, we are not taking this guy. So clearly, the kid, the son knows a little bit more. Has a little more sense. It's kind of similar to the Raiders situation. Oh, Davis died. It might have been the best thing to happen to them. They brought in Reggie McKenzie, who's a good GM. Al and his presence are gone. Right. It's not, let's draft the fastest guy in the combine in the fourth, right. with the fourth pick and stay with that. Insane. To be fair, if they had a good rest of the team, Hayward Bay may have been... Might have been fine. Right. Might have worked. They never had a quarterback. Right. They drafted Jamarcus Russell. What are you going to do? It's not Hayward Bay's fault. It was, yeah. It was not Hayward Bay's fault that they... They happen to get the top pick and you pick a quarterback in the, one of the worst drafts in NFL history. Nobody could good came out of that draft. Right. Um. Anyway, Jets are done. The rest of the league, it's going to be a lot of fun. The entire playoff situation should be over by the end of this week. Could be over by the end of this week. Could ideally be all all the playoff spots. Should, all the playoff spots could be clinched this week. Could. Could. Not necessarily will be. I, I'm, I'm expecting another... Spots-wise, could be next week. But I'm expecting another, quote-unquote, NFC North Championship game. We've had three of them in the past, like, four years, five years. It always seems like it's either the NFC North or NFC East has that final Sunday night game. Yep. 
Well, if you look, 2013. The first time, by the way, the first time they ever flexed the game. Do you remember which one it was? The last week of the season? No. I was thinking about this side. First time they ever flexed that week 17 game. Where they didn't pick a game and then they decided to do right. it. Seattle hosting St. Louis. <coughs> the 7 and 9 division game. Yep. Yep. But that was the NFC West Championship game. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever you want. It was the only divisional championship on right. the line. Right. So they made it the game. Next week, Seattle hosts the Saints. Marshall Lynch goes beast mode. Yeah. And history from there. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's worked. Like, 2013, I know. It, well, I don't, they didn't make it the Sunday night game, but the Packers played the Bears for the division on the last week of the season. 2014, I think the Cowboys played Philly. Because Ro- Romo was hurt and Kyle Orton was a the quarterback. There was, a, there was three weeks and three years in a row. Cowboys played the final week of the season. Yeah. Starting with 2011. Right. For the division. For the division. And I know last... And they played each three teams. Right. They went on the road yes. three times. And they lost. And them. they lost all three. I know And last year, we played the Vikings for the NFC North and lost, which was a good thing. And then again, it looked like... It's looking like, unless... What was it? We looked it up before. I think the Redskins... The Redskins in Tampa have to lose... And the Packers have to win to clinch the to clinch a playoff spot. For who? For the Packers. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. It's like Redskins in Tampa, and then the Falcons have to win. It's a complicated scenario. I'm just worried about ourselves. We win, we'll have a chance to win a division next week. That's all I'm worried about. Right. So, with that being said, let's go listen to some Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Because there's not many Hanukkah songs out there, unfortunately. So... Here's some dreidel, 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 and we'll be right back. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's dried and ready, oh, dreidel, we will play. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's dried and ready, oh, dreidel, we will play. Alrighty, welcome back to episode 164 of the SND Podcast Show. I didn't mess it up this time. 164. We didn't, uh... Very good. We didn't do it. Pat on the back for me for that one. Um, with that being said, uh, huh, big, big show. So, let's see. Knicks are playing well. Islanders are playing like crap. Rangers are being hit with injury bug. It happens. The Pirates hit a grand slam and a three-run homer against them yesterday, the other night. They lost 7-2. Wow. Andrew McCutcheon had two home runs. Rough. Yeah, real rough. Must be really, really rough. Um... You wanted a rant about the Mets fan, so go for it. Have well, fun. just a little bit, because I feel like this organization and this front office has gained some, uh, it should, should be cut some slack. Jay Bruce hasn't been traded yet, and it's I know they were expecting to trade him at the winter meetings. It didn't happen. This Baseball is not the same as football or hockey or basketball. All the big free agents and guys don't sign on day one. The two best free agent, the two best options on the market, if you're looking for a right fielder right now, are Jose Batista and Mark Trumbo. And they're still free agents. The Mets have to wait for those guys to drop in order to get the best offer back for Bruce, for somebody who misses out on those guys. If you look through the entire team and the eight-man roster that still be, should be starting once they trade Bruce, 
all of them were brought in on by Sandy Alderson by making good moves. So to me, we all just got to relax, enjoy the offseason, enjoy the holidays. Nothing happens in, in baseball during these, these two weeks anyway. Nothing's going to happen until January. They're talking about training for a center fielder. Could they use a center fielder? Yeah, sure. Am I perfectly fine going to the season with Curtis Granderson and Juan Lagares as a center fielder? Yes. Because I think I'm the only person left in the New York trusted area who believes in Juan Lagares. But I've seen him hit. We've seen him. He, he, he is able to hit in stretches. If he can hit 270, steal some bases, and play the defense he plays, he's a fine every other day center fielder. And Curtis Granderson, I showed at the end of last year, he can still play center field a little bit. He made a great, at the time, great game-saving catch in the, in the, the uh, wildcard game. So everybody just needs to take a step back, relax. It's going to be a good 2017 for the New York Mets. It is. And 2017 is two weeks away. We do have to. We did miss last week due to technical error. Um, some condolences. Craig Seager. Craig Seager's family, family. Out to him. Um, and also... Alan Thick. Alan Thick's family. Out to them. Uh, we did miss that last week. Uh, both of them kind of hurt. Especially those who watch Fuller House. Because yeah. it kind of it kind of happened, and there he was, and it's like... Uh, it's like I, I watched that the other day, and I was just like, damn. Yeah. Man. That one hurt. That one hurt. Um, Craig Sager's one actually like hit home. Like You know it's coming. The worst part is, is he's like one of those ones you knew were coming. Yeah. And it's just like, pal, wait. Hold on. Let me... Uh, Deep breath. Right. Deep breath. Um, you mentioned 2017, which can't come quick enough. Yeah, 2016, uh, just in general, has been bad, um, you know, pop culture-wise and, and culture-wise. It's just been bad. So, let's let's get through this week. Let's get to Sunday, next Sunday, without anything else happening. Yep, let's do it. Um, with that being said, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, safe holidays, of course, for everybody. Please have a very um, safe holidays. We do apologize, Dan missed the show this week uh, due to some technical errors going on. We are going to get those all fixed up because we got some good guests lined up for 2017. Um, so we're going to work on that. Uh, that's it for this week, and we got to go out with the goat with some Frank Sinatra. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself. A merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Es mejor llegar tarde a casa Que nunca volver a llegar Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para.
mensaje de Netzer.